the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Come on, say, turn it around. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. Overflow. Turn it around. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. We've got Welcome to Beyond the Veil, a ministry of Dayspring Chapel. Arise, shine, and excel. Located at 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. As Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79 tells us, According to the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. Now, let's listen in to today's message from Pastor David Oluwadara. The Lord will be speaking to us on by his grace by his grace god speaks and brings to pass his word and when he brings his word to pass people have forgotten people already forgot that he spoke it but he is a god of history he is the he's he is the one that makes history amen he makes history so let's not forget what the lord is saying to us Again, the Lord will be speaking to us on by his grace. Can we say it together? By his grace. By his grace. Our memory verses, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10, and 2 Corinthians 4, 15. The first one, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. If you don't remember anything there, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. We say this all the time. People say this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can we say that? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I think that's easy enough. Then the second one, 2 Corinthians 4.15, and uh, we're looking at this from uh, King James Version. King James Version. It says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. That's 2 Corinthians 4.15. By the way, what is grace? I think all of us should be able to write, if not a page, a paragraph on what grace is. If not a paragraph, you should be able to write a line, give a definition of grace. What is grace? The common definition of grace that everybody gives is what? Unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. It's not just unmerited favor. Grace is a divine enablement to do what you are incapable of doing by your own natural ability. Grace is a divine enablement that helps you 
to do what you are unable to do by yourself is unmerited, meaning it's undeserving. You don't deserve it, but you have it. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. And uh, you are not, quote and unquote, worthy of it. You are not good enough to receive it, but you have it anyway. That's grace. Grace is also synonymous with mercy and love. Mercy, love, that's grace. Since none of us has it all made, and even the best of us is still lacking in many areas of our lives, we all need grace. Grace makes things up for us. Grace makes up for our lacks and adds value to our life. Grace is a giver and an investor. Grace is a giver and an investor. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you. We give you praise. We exalt your name. We have come to the throne of grace. We are at the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For indeed, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And you say, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Lord, open our eyes to your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. As we were saying, since none of us has it all made, and even the best of us is still lacking in many things, we all need grace. Grace makes up for our lacks and has value to our lives. Grace is a giver and an investor. Though grace gives, not for his own sake, but for the sake of the receiver, grace wants a return on his investment. Grace is a giver and an investor. But grace does not just give without expecting a return. Grace invests in you, and grace is asking for a return. Amen? When grace gives you something, grace is not giving you because you are worth it, or you are worthy of it, or because you have earned it. And it's not giving you because of himself. It's giving you because of his love. And it's giving you so that your life will have value. Grace puts you to work. Grace engages and employs you. That means that grace is not a reward for laziness, but faithfulness. Grace does not reward laziness. Because we say grace is what? Grace gives you, even though you have not worked for it. Oh, grace, you know, just lavishes love on you. You're not worth it. You're not worthy of it. You have not earned it. You don't merit it. It just gives you. How you mean? Begin to think that grace rewards laziness. Grace does not reward laziness. Grace actually puts you to work. Grace employs you. And grace wants an investment or a return on his investment on what he has given you. Amen? So we must not receive the grace of God in vain. We must not receive the grace of God and just squander it and just destroy it like a son or a daughter, you know, like as a child will receive something from the parents, something he or she never worked for. And God forbid that that son, that daughter just squanders it, just, you know, does anything he or she likes with it, doesn't make use of it and just destroys it. That happens a whole lot. That happens. That's very common. God does not give us his grace so that we can just squander it, so that we can just receive it in vain and just do nothing with it. God wants us to do something 
with what he gives us. Amen. God blesses you for a purpose. He gives you grace for a purpose. So grace puts you to work, engages and employs you. Grace is a privilege and an opportunity that gives you an advantage. An advantage to be a channel, a conduit of his grace. Let me say that again. Grace is a privilege and an opportunity that gives you an advantage. An advantage to be a channel, yes, a conduit of his grace. In receiving grace, it's a privilege. It's an opportunity and it gives you an advantage. And when you are in that position or when you have received the grace of God and now you are giving grace to others or you are distributing grace, it's still a privilege to distribute that grace. You never boast. Grace never boasts. Uh, if you have indeed received grace, you will not boast because in the first place you received it without working for it. And when you are now giving it away, you must understand that it's a privilege for you to be in a position to give it away. So you never say, if not for me, if not for me, mm -mm. even if that person does not appreciate what you are doing for them, you must never say, if not for me, because if not for you, some other person would do it. God will use somebody else to do it. If you don't do it, somebody else would do it. Amen? So you are not indispensable. God is indispensable, but if you don't do it, God will use somebody else. So it's always a privilege to receive grace and to give grace. It's an opportunity to be of service to anybody. It's an opportunity for you to be able to help somebody. Wow. Oh, if not for me, you wouldn't have received it. There's nothing like that. If you are able to help, if you are able to give a change, if you are able to do something, you say, thank God that I'm able to do it. It's a privilege. It's the grace of God. Grace does not boast. And if you have indeed received grace, you will never boast. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, For I am the least of the apostles, from verse 9. I am the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I prosecuted the church of God. Paul killed Christians. He killed them, a whole lot of them. Even when Stephen was being stoned to death, he was standing right there, commanding and directing everything. And he had, you know, the, the authority to go and kill more Christians as he was on his way to Damascus. And Jesus met him and said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, who are you, Lord? And of course, from that experience, he got converted. Now he's saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I want you to look at this very well. Paul is saying, I am what I am by the grace of God. But I labored more abundantly than they all. I prayed more abundantly than they all. I spoke in tongues more abundantly than they all. I studied more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace. Even that which I'm able to do. Even that which I'm able to exercise. That which I'm able to put out. It's not because of me. It's not because of my strength. It's the grace of God giving me the strength to do it. Amen. Basically, Paul is saying, grace put me to work, and I worked. And even though I worked, 
It's not my strength that did the work. It's the grace of God that did it. Amen. So all praise to the grace of God. That's what he's saying. But there are those who receive, he said, I have not received the grace of God in vain. Meaning there are those who receive the grace of God in vain. There are many who receive things and don't make anything out of it. May your case not be like that. May your life not be like that. That you will receive something and you will make nothing out of it. We hope you have been blessed by today's broadcast. Come worship with us at Dayspring Chapel, located at 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. Again, that's 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. Sunday worship is at 1 p.m., Bible study and prayers on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. You may contact Pastor David for prayers or counseling at 857-266-0778. Again, that's 857-266-0778. Until tomorrow at this same time, Monday through Friday, arise, shine, and excel.